Thanks for joining us for episode five of No Wristbands We Drink for Free. We're thrilled to have Dylan Slocum, the singer and guitarist from Spanish Love Songs, on the show. Their incredible album, Brave Faces Everyone, came out last year, and they recently headlined a great sold-out show at the Beat Kitchen. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Wristbands, and check out our website at NoWristbands.com. This is episode number four of uh, No Wristbands. We drink for free. And our guest today is Dylan Slocum from Spanish Love Songs. Uh, thanks for being here, Dylan. What's up? Thanks for having me. Episode right. four. I didn't, I didn't realize it was so fresh. Uh, it is pretty fresh. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so um, the, the, what we wanted to talk about, at least for the start today, is uh, all the things that have been happening in the last 20 months, which uh, for, you know, for some of it was not a lot and for others was, <laughs> uh, was a, a whole lot of something. So, um, l- you know, let's kind of start with last uh, February 2020. Um, you guys had a new record out, um, Brave Faces Everywhere. Um, it was being very well received. You guys were out on tour, I think, with the Wonder Years. Um, looked yep. like that was going really well, expanding your audience, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, COVID hadn't really hit at that point. So how were you guys feeling about the whole thing pre-COVID there? Um, how, how was it going? You know, what was the responses, et cetera? Um, I mean, we timed it pretty weirdly where like the day it came out, we were already in England and there was COVID rumblings happening in Europe because it had started spreading in Munich and in Italy. So we were kind of over there going, oh, I really hope that this doesn't become a global pandemic that shuts down our life. Um, <clears throat> and then we kind of came home and we're just ahead of it uh, until March 13th. And then obviously everything shut down. Uh, it was great until that point. Everybody was having fun. The response to the record was great. Um, we were we had all given up our jobs, given up our houses. We were ready to tour for, we had tours booked for 10 of 11 months so far that year. Oh, wow. Um, give or take. Like basically, yeah, my schedule was basically booked from February till November. Um, off and on, obviously, with I think maybe six weeks off total in that, mm-hmm. in that time frame. Uh, and then we went home. <laughs> so that, so was, that was it. Yeah. So can you talk to us about what those conversations were like? I mean, like, obviously, a lot of planning went into everything and a lot of planning came Mm -hmm. into like pulling the plug. Uh, At what point did you start to get nervous? At what point were you like, okay, we're not doing this anymore? Well, we I'm a bit of a of a dooms, not doomsday prepper, but like (laughs) I tend to think that the worst thing, like I'm preparing for the worst thing that could happen to happen which in that case would have been me dying, which like I was also preparing to get sick and die. But, uh, and, and of know, course the, the whole Spanish love songs audience is, is, is understanding of this. <laughs> also ready to get sick. And die. <laughs> you know, actually what's the funny thing is that I guess it's not that funny, but when we were in Orlando, Kyle and I got very sick, um, to the point where it was like the most sick I've ever felt. And I, 
literally like looked at Meredith one day and I was like, if I die right now, I'm fine. This is terrible. Uh, and we went to the urgent care. We went to urgent care in Atlanta and Kyle did not test positive for the flu. And my results were like, sure. It's the flu wink, wink. Like I couldn't get a read on what the nurse was saying to me. Uh-huh. Uh, but Kyle was sick for a very long time. So we were like, Ooh, either we had like a very bad flu or Kyle got it real early on. Um, TBD. We never did an antibody test or anything. Cause like, whatever we got through mm-hmm. it, but right. uh, that sucked. But <clears throat> in terms of things shutting down, it wasn't our tour. We were just supporting. So it was very nice to not have to make that decision. We just <laughs> got a call. Uh, Dan from the wonder years called me one day and he's like, Hey, uh, we're probably going to have to cancel the tour. And also St. Louis may or may not happen tonight. And we were like, oh, okay, that sucks. Like, mm-hmm. I guess we'll go home now. Um, but we had our, I mean, we had been touring for about six weeks at that point already. So we were like, all right, well, it, it is what it is. And maybe we'll go home and maybe be able to tour in the summer if everything went well. And I remember the day we went home, everybody was being real optimistic and true to form. I was like, if we play a show before the end of 2021, we're lucky. Uh, which, you know, <laughs> I guess we got a little lucky, but it's, uh-huh. not, I mean, barely. Wow. Uh, and so you just said you gave up your apartments and everything. You're like, okay, yeah. we're going on tour. So you're you're homeless. You're like nomadic at this point. You've been on tour <laughs> for mean, six weeks. Where are you going? It's not fair to say <clears throat> like without a home because we all have people we can go back to. We're lucky with that. Uh, so let's see. Trevor went home to his mom's. Ruben went home to his parents. Kyle went to his grandma's house. Um, and then Meredith and I went to her parents' basement because it was like the closest place uh, to St. Louis. Uh, and where's and I, that basement? My, it's in Iowa. And my parents okay. are in California. So, but we had like the van and all the gear and stuff. So it was like, mm-hmm. what is the most direct way to just hole up for a temporary, you know, a temporary thing? Um, and where can we survive cheaply? And Iowa definitely <laughs> felt, felt like that more so than California. Did you ever think um, in your life you would live in Iowa? No, de- <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was kind of funny. I. What's funny is I, it had, I had already made peace with that because the year before we had left Los Angeles just because of expenses and stuff and we were planning on touring and working on the new album and we just wanted to be somewhere not LA. And... Uh, after we got home from the one of the tours in 2019, I was super sick with, with mono that I don't, I still don't know how I got, uh, but we ended up there before going back to LA to do the album because we didn't realize at the time that we were going to be doing it in LA. So I'd already spent like a good month in Iowa at that point. And I wrote like half the album in that basement. So it was fine. I mean, Iowa is great. It's, it's a, it's a good state, probably marred by some people who, <laughs> I mean, it's like most places in America, right? There's like your, your nice progressive strongholds. And then there's everywhere else, which is um, not, it's not even not pleasant. It's just not, I don't know, not fun when people not where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, I live in Tennessee now, so it's a lot of the same thing. Like I, my favorite parts of America are the parts that everybody tends to like say is the flyover and like writes it off as being uneducated or ignorant or all that shit. But like 
that's not the case. It's just a, it's just a, I don't know, a lack of understanding or lack of empathy or just like a, a, a difference of opinion that's uh, rooted in some shit that's stronger than all of us. But it's not fair to just like write off, you know, but I had, again, to your point though, like, did you ever think you live in Iowa? You know, me up until that point, we're like, ew, no, it's fucking Iowa. Uh, but then being there, I was like, Iowa's amazing. This is a great place with, you know, some people who uh, just believe some stuff very deeply that mm-hmm. I can't change uh, despite wishing I could. It's a very eloquent way of putting that. If I had an answer, I would be much more aggressive about it. But I, I truly, it's like, I mean, we're seeing it now not to jump ahead to 2021, but with, you know, people not being vaccinated in these large pockets of places. It's like, I don't know how to change your mind other than to tell you, like, I understand, but you're hurting people. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so we lived in Iowa for from March until August. And then at the end of August, uh, a natural disaster that I never knew existed called a derecho uh, hit which a derecho for people who don't know, like if you're from California uh, is straight line winds, uh, sometimes comparable to hurricane force winds, but not over the ocean. Uh, So we were, we were out running an errand in August and uh, we were at a UPS store and all of a sudden the tornado siren started going off and some, or Meredith's mom was like, you guys need to get home. There's like a storm coming. And we were like, Oh yeah, we saw it just look like a regular storm. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we know, there was like 90 mile an hour winds sweeping through the city for like an hour and a half. Uh, we had to hide in a Best Buy, which was great. Oh wow. Um, Cause we were out and about and like, I got back in my car out of the UPS store and I was like, Oh, we can make it home. And it, like, they hadn't quite picked up and then it fully hit. And we were like, oh, we were going to die. And so um, like a Taco Bell awning flew in front of me. And I was like, cool. All my years of playing driving games <laughs> are going to pay off. <laughs> and then I was like, the Best Buy's right there. That's a big warehouse. That'll be semi-safe, hopefully, question mark. And uh, like the bee from it flew and like flew right in front of our car. Holy cow. I was like, oh my this gosh. is the place to be. Uh, so we like <laughs> ran up, parked our car, and then uh, we're hiding in the in the... Oh, what's that word? The vestibule. The vestibule. Thank you. We were hiding in there, but that's all glass. So that's not right. safe. And so finally the employees opened it up and let us inside. And there was like probably 50 of us. Oh um, my God. And yeah, there's like, we, we talked about it and we posted about it, but there was a severe damage to like most of the city of Cedar Rapids. And, uh, you know, the van was somehow spared. Like we got home. It took us like, like three hours to get home and like, there was fires everywhere and it was just bad. It was like truly a disaster. Um, and it was like the one lazy day where like <laughs> being like a Southern California, like I'm just going to wear sandals today, uh, <laughs> which was not, it's all I can remember from that is like walking through this debris with like no shoes, which was so stupid. Uh, but like we got home and uh, a power line had fallen and then two trees had fallen, but the van was like in between it all <laughs> like magically spared. So it was, uh, it was weird. So that kind of took us offline. And by mm-hmm. that point we were running the Patreon that we do. Um, and we can't really afford to be offline for, you know, they didn't have internet for like a month. Uh, so we just pointed on a map and said, let's move to Nashville. <laughs> uh, so let me, oh, let me, yeah, let me ahead. ask one question. If you had to choose 
Would you prefer to have been killed by a Taco Bell awning or a Best Buy sign? <laughs> oh, that's tough. I think the Best Buy B would have been funnier uh-huh. um, <laughs> if I was just like severed in half or something. Like, yeah. by a B. I still don't think that B has been repaired. I think it's still just an empty, an empty <laughs> B up there. The, the, the best that, eyes or is it an S buys? Uh, I believe it is an S S buy. This, this <laughs> seems we were there recently and I completely, this seems like, like it oh. should be like an album cover or something. You know? <laughs> it was almost too on the nose. Like there was just such destruction. <laughs> uh-huh. People's house, people's houses were wrecked and cars yeah. were wrecked. And um, yeah, yeah, I was I was also yeah, my all of my recording equipment was in the front room because we were doing stuff for the Patreon and a tree fell, but it like hit the roof and didn't go into the recording room. So we got pretty lucky on our end. Um could could have been worse. Uh, yeah. Supremely lucky. And then also kind of like spurred us to move on with our lives a little bit. Um, which it was time anyways, like unemployment was running out and it was time to like go re-enter the normal world, I suppose, instead of being like holding out hope for a miracle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, do, so- as you mentioned, you know, during the time um, you're in 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 Iowa, uh, you come up with the Patreon idea, and we mm-hmm. definitely want to talk about that. Um, it, it is there a lot of conversation once you get back? You know. The tours off, you know, you're you're all hanging out. A lot of conversation among the band, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to make some money? How are we going to live? You know, how long does this go on? Um, I mean, just kind of some standard stuff. I think it was less. I mean, we were definitely all spooked because none of us had jobs, but we all had places to stay. So I think that was nice. And then, um, we all got on unemployment fairly quickly. Uh, I used to work in the film industry. So in the film industry, it's like pretty standard. You work a movie for like six to eight months and then you go on unemployment until your next movie uh, if you're crew. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately was like, all right, guys, unemployment. Here's how you do it. Let's go. And um, that worked out very nicely for us. It got us through the summer. I had the idea to do the Patreon for a solo project. It was like my way of being like, well, I'm never going to do a solo album unless I like force myself to and like have some type of commitment to it. And as soon as everything shut down, I was like, Oh God damn it. I have to do this for the band. Uh, and so I like very quickly <laughs> mm-hmm. adjusted the idea and pitched it to our managers. And they were like, yes, you guys should do that. Um, and then the band got on board and uh, everybody really stepped up too. Yeah. Cause the way I originally planned it was, it was not nearly as uh, expansive as it has become. Um just because we kind of leveraged everybody's we have two recording engineers in our band. So and not, not me, uh, Trevor and Kyle. So they can do a lot of stuff that I don't think a lot of uh, other bands necessarily have access to. So it's really been nice to kind of lean on that and do some stuff more regularly. Um, even if it has been a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm a member of it, but um, you know, a lot of our listeners maybe wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you guys have been doing a ton of stuff. Um, why don't you kind of elaborate on, you know, what, what, yeah. what you're doing and what's been working and and how people yeah. respond to it? I think our thing was that we all kind of hate it, like not it, but we hate the the model, and we always want to make it feel like it's worthwhile. Because I've been a member of Patreons, I've been like, this sucks, like. I mean, I get it. I'm, it's like, 
I'm supporting somebody and that's the great side, but like right. the return is not, not great. And so we definitely overcompensated in the first year and like stressed way too much about making sure there was like a constant flow mm-hmm. of content, but we've settled into it and it's what we've mostly done, which is there's one cover every month. Uh, in the first year, everybody got to vote on it. This year, we were working on different deadlines. So now I'm picking based on what's influencing us or like what we what we enjoy. Because um, the first year, we had some pretty rough, pretty mm-hmm. rough votes. Like I'd throw a joke in there and of course, <laughs> yeah. that would win. Of course, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to get us to cover a uh, photograph by Nickelback if not by fan <laughs> vote? Uh, so every month there's one cover. There's one main feed podcast episode where we kind of, at least in the first year, talked about history of the band, what we, you know, stuff like that. Now it's kind of just an excuse to get together and bullshit and uh, make fun of each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's, in the first year, there was a reimagined song every month. And then this year, it's either a reimagined song or a new demo or a reworking of a song that we're like, because we're framing the new year about writing the new album. Uh, and then every month there's a second podcast, uh, typically like a deep dive into the production and the writing of a song. And then there's also a live stream just about every month, um, a live stream of some sort. The first year it was all performance-based live streams. This year it's mostly performance-based live streams, but we've also done you know, a stream of us working on a song or Kyle mixing or uh, just like hangouts and stuff. Just because I... Th- People for a minute there were getting very tired, to me at least it seemed, getting very tired of the performance live streams. Uh, but the last two months, people have been asking me about them. So mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, it's picking back up. Uh, so we've kind of been doing that. But that's like, yeah, that's like the base content that we give depending on the tiers. So that's like five things a month, which yeah. is, uh, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to keep up with, uh, at least on the band side. If we were running a podcast, it would definitely be, much more streamlined because you know it'd be a main feed and a and a Patreon feed every week. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been great. People have uh, people have hung in there and people have really helped us out and stuck around. And I feel like uh, really enjoyed the stuff that we've done, even if it's it's weird because it's hard not to feel like a cover band when you're putting out a cover every <laughs> month and you can't like you can't put out your own music necessarily. Um, but I feel like it's been a fun way to engage with the community and something that we're probably going to keep going. Uh, in some shape or form going forward. I, I, I love that. I was listening to an interview you did uh, like last week mm-hmm. and you said one of the guiding principles of the band is to not feel alone. So I feel like the Patreon falls right in line with that. Yeah, it's definitely now we've kind of framed it as like, it's the most direct way to interact and like engage in this community. And it's basically just become a fan club that we run. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. It's great. I've made, you know, I made a ton of friends on it and uh, I feel like it's been a worthwhile endeavor. We're actually in the process of transitioning it kind of off Patreon and into a private site uh, to kind of continue to grow that kind of fan club aspect of it. Uh, And just so we have more control over it. And so Patreon doesn't take uh, all the money that they take. Right, it's right. Kinda, it's kind of ridiculous. Like they were there first, and now they just own the space. <laughs> um. So a couple of quick questions about your Patreon. Some things you mm-hmm. said. 
uh, number one, you said it was like initially your attempt to make a, a solo project and like your way to push yourself. Is there a reason why a solo project had never like you never wanted to or never had that drive to do it before in like you were defaulting to the band setting or is it just like that's just the way your mind thinks is like as a communal team versus individual? No, it's actually probably more selfish than that. It's that any <laughs> song I write is probably going to sound like us. Um, just the way that I write. And I feel like it's very closely aligned with the band at this point. Um, and so that was, it would be my attempt is like, yeah, it's probably going to sound like Spanish love songs, but it's a solo project, but it's on Patreon. So who the hell cares? Mm-hmm. But that was like a very early jotted down in a notebook idea. And then, it very quickly was like, no, let's, it'll be an actual thing. Um, because it would not have been nearly as cool if it was just me. Cause it would have been all acoustic stuff. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be doing these full productions and everything. Um, not as well, at least. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I had a question that was going to ask later on, but I, you just mm-hmm. teed me up for it. Uh, so when you're <laughs> writing, you feel like you're writing, you know, what is a quote unquote Spanish love song song? a fun sentence uh versus like what's just like a dylan song no i don't think that line necessarily exists for me i i'm not a very prolific songwriter i have to like sit down and force myself to do it because it's not fun um <laughs> i i don't i don't get people like yeah i wrote this song for fun i'm like uh, uh, songs aren't fun like it's a lot of work and it's a lot right, of- well fuck you then yeah, <laughs> you know, people. Are like, yeah, I wrote four hundred songs during the during the quarantine. I was like, cool. I wrote four. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's not that I don't know the difference. It's that I think lyrically, it's all going to be coming from a similar point of view, which is largely what defines a large aspect of what we do. Um, well, and, and the sir- other side of that is, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, s- certainly a lot of the Spanish love songs are, are about Dylan, you know, I mean, about mm-hmm. how you're feeling. Yeah. And yeah, and it's, we're definitely a band that's like closely related either to how I'm directly feeling or how I'm feeling through the metaphor of somebody else. Right. Um, and so that's always going to be there. And musically, it's not like we can't just do whatever we want. It's that we typically pick a focus and kind of go with it. Um, and try to take it to its natural conclusion. So that, like, I personally don't think the brave faces sounds very much like schmaltz, which didn't sound anything to me like giant. I mean, there's connecting threads, but mm-hmm. for us, it's like, we pick a lane and try to chase it down. And, um, you know, we're going through that right now. We're working on a new album and we're just like, okay, what's, what's this new one going to, what's the like thing going to be. Uh, so I think that any song can kind of just be, a Spanish love song song to the point where I was doing um, another way that I was kind of surviving during the early pandemic was uh, I was doing custom songs for people like song shop songs. And a few of those have just become like our songs because I like texted the people's like, Hey, I'm going to use this for an album <laughs> if you're okay with that. And they're like, yeah, we don't, that's fine. Like anything, you know, we spurred the inspiration. That's great. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, there's not really any defining line. I don't think, um, short of like, yeah, even then we, we've done some projects in the interim that haven't been announced yet that like, yeah, we kind of can do what we want. Um, whether people like it or not is a different thing, but yeah, there's no, like, I don't think we've put ourselves in a box 
probably to our detriment because, you know, we have never been like punk enough for the punks or pop punk enough for like the pop punk tours or indie enough or I don't know, emo enough. Like we've never really mm-hmm. been anything like enough of anything to the point where I don't know if people think about us for certain things other than like, Oh yeah, that's that band. <laughs> that's that band that I like, but you know, we would, we would, there's certain tours we would never get. Um, not never, but like, you know, yeah, I, I don't think people identify us with any one thing other than like lazy comparisons that people like to associate us with, but that's, that's like a different type of fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's like you called yourself in this interview. Sorry to keep talking about another interview. <laughs> this one. You're like, we're just a rock band and like, we want to yeah. be like a, a big rock band. And I, yeah. that really resonated with, with me and like what I'm interested in when I listen to it. Yeah. Band. That's like, that's my entire, that's my entire goal with everything is I like rock music and uh, I don't even really like, punk music or any like i just like what i i like what i like which is such mm-hmm. a lame thing to say but yeah we've we've always kind of just set out to want to be a big rock band also like we're all in our 30s we're not young mm-hmm. uh so yeah i'm not gonna try to write like massive pop punk hooks that i probably like i don't that sounds like a cop out too because i don't know if we even could do that like well, it's just i don't not know what if we have you, the right? capabilities to yeah it's really hard to be a very like good pop punk band, I suppose. Um, but is it, yeah, is it I, o- like, Oh, sorry. Is, is it okay if we headline this thing? Dylan says he doesn't like punk rock. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we've, we've been very vocal about it. I mean, I still, yeah, it's weird. I, I think it's like something that we came up with and something's kind of burned into our, our muscle memory, but I don't think any of us actually listen to it anymore. Um, like if I just look through the albums that are on my phone, other than like friends who I think are doing interesting stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, I mean, I still stay adjacent, like the new thrice albums on my phone right now, uh, our buds, uh, you know, who else is on here? Yeah. I'm, I'm always trying to check things out too, but you know, there's a lot of like, there's some pop music and there's okay. Pet symmetry. There's some country music. There's some indie music. Like, I don't think any of us really dig into, I don't know the music that we did when we were younger. And I, I feel like we're trying to like catch up with that in, in a certain way. Um, but still we always set out to just write the songs that we want to hear. And if everybody else likes it, cool. And if nobody else likes it, then we'll just break up and that's fine. Like then we'll <laughs> move on with our lives. Uh, so it's kind of worked for us so far. So I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll change it. Although now there's like heightened, uh, I don't want to sound too self-important, but I've definitely had texts from people who are like concerned about how the next album will sound, uh, interested parties, we should say. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, you have to those know expectations me by this point. That you've earned. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you have to know me at this point that if you tell me, that people are expecting something. I'm just not going to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a zigger when they want you to zag. Yeah. I just like, I don't, it's just some like immature contrarian. That's the punk in you. Yeah. That's the punk in me. Nothing yeah. is more punk than like, you know, I just want to write some like late thirties, chill 
festival rock and roll. Like, uh, why not? Let's just do that. It's the most uh, punk thing we could do, I suppose. Uh, do you worry that giving people those demos ahead of time will alter how they perceive the next album? You say you're talking about writing themes and like we have an overarching theme yeah. we're going to go after. Are you nervous that like if I'm giving you a little taste that you're going to suddenly have different expectations of what it ends up being? Um, maybe I don't think the Patreon's big enough for me to worry that much about it. And it's also pretty <laughs> under, it's pretty understanding people. Like if you're subscribed and checking out a new demo, like you're not going to come at me if it doesn't end up the way you want it to. Sure. Uh, I find it more interesting than anything else. Also, I only have permission to post four of them. Uh, I asked the labels like, Hey, can I just post a new, a new demo every month? that will really motivate me to write. And they're like, absolutely not. Cause it'll leak. And, we'll <laughs> fucking thing. and I was like, uh-huh. okay, can I have how many? And they're like, you can have three or four. And so I took that and I was like, okay, four. Uh, mm-hmm. So we posted two, <laughs> we posted two right off the bat. And then I've kind of held off the last few months. Um, uh, would those be phantom limb? And no, phantom limb is an out. old, no oh no 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 those haven't gone the patreon stuff does not go wide okay it only stays okay. yep it stays in the community um which is something <laughs> literally the reason i was almost late is <clears throat> i'm setting up the new site for the patreon alternative and i'm trying to figure out hosting and streaming to it and uh was having some fun with soundcloud being uh a jerk and sharing <laughs> uh-huh. like it has private playlists, but for some reason it was letting it be shared. Uh, so we're testing. I'm like trying to break the site currently. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, there's not a lot of good alternatives, it turns out. Uh, but no, all that stuff stays very insular. Um, I don't even think, yeah, maybe a handful of people have heard the demos, which is great. Um, it's a good excuse. And I think people, you know, like tomorrow, instead of releasing a reimagined song, I'm going to take one of the demos I released and be like, all right, here's a writing day. Let's stream it and talk about what would go into trying to like build the song out? It probably won't end up anything like what, like anything like what I cover, but it's a good excuse when you're working full time and working the, the Patreon to like have any excuse to work on something new, um, which is also a big, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're currently working on a new album right now. How, mm-hmm. how far along? Like I love percentages. What percentage <laughs> time would you say you are right oh, now? Jesus. <laughs> um, not far enough. Uh, we were, yeah, we were on a time crunch or we were not a time crunch. We were figuring out, we were feeling it out. We were trying to mix it up a little bit. We've done a few writing sessions as a group, which doesn't usually happen. Usually I will write a song uh, and then take it to everybody and we'll build it out from there. Tried to do it in reverse. It worked on a few. Didn't work on a few more. Um, and then we were trying to figure out a time to get the new album done. And we wanted to try to have it done, recorded by February. Uh, that is not going to happen based on producer availabilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't think we're going to see a new album from us until 2023, if I had to guess. Um, which is fine. I mean, it feels like forever, but it's only three years. Uh, I... The fact that we put out like <laughs> our lives have changed so completely since we put out Schmaltz and that was only in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put out Schmaltz in 2018 and Brave Faces in 2020. So like they were written like a year and a half apart uh, or written and recorded a year and a half apart. So that was a pretty quick turnaround and I mm-hmm. didn't love it. Um, 
So I think we're trying to be a bit more intentional. And I think bands should go away every once in a while. I hate the constant barrage uh, of music because some asshole who makes money off Spotify playlisting told us we had to. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not seeing that money just because we put out 10 songs a year. Like, we're not seeing more money. Um, if anything, it's probably costing you it's probably costing you more money because I don't see how you're recouping on a single year cycle on an album. Um, but that's like some business shit that really doesn't matter. Um, there's probably smarter. There are smarter people than me who have figured out how to rob artists of their money. So don't listen to them. <laughs> like do uh, what feels good. And I wish more bands would just disappear. And all of my favorite bands take three to five years between albums because it takes that much time to kind of recharge and figure out something special to do. Mm-hmm. And also like given where brave faces ended and then what has happened in the world since then, I need to figure out new shit to write about because it's like, cool. Uh, I bitched and then everything I bitched about was exacerbated. Yes. And now what? Like I can't like internally I I'm not, I've been, I've been not struggling with this. I've been thinking about it constantly because every time I sit down, I'm like, I'm not going to complain about how hard it is to be working class right now. Cause it's like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We don't need to hear it anymore. Um, yeah. You, you were, you were complaining about this shit before it became fashionable. <laughs> that's the punk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's, you know, it was, I, I was ahead of the curve, I guess. Not really. I mean, this stuff has all been yeah. existing for decades. It's just yeah. like, finally it's rearing its head in a, in a tangible way for a lot of people. But well, yeah, so it, 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 we need some time to, figure out what to complain about now or not complain. Um, I have been joking that it would be great if the next album was just a bunch of actual love songs. So I'm kind of chasing <laughs> that down like love songs, how we would do love songs, not like love songs, love songs. Um, and I, that is b- part of the fun of the Patreon is that I get to have these conversations out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I posted a demo last month and I was like, yeah, the song really got me thinking about like what it would look like if I, if I wrote a bunch of quote unquote love songs for an album. And somebody was like, yeah, great, happy album of love songs. When you have a line that's like, yeah, you're going to die in a ditch. Like, <laughs> like all, all this, this really dark imagery. And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's our version of love songs. So I don't, it, I always joke that that would be funny. Um, so maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Um, I have like, I'm trying to fill a binder of lyrics and it's almost full. And I, it's a great, like, uh, treasure map of like what I've been going through, but maybe haven't been aware of what I've been going through. Mm-hmm. Cause I like, I read back some stuff from like February this year. I'm like, fuck, I was depressed. <laughs> yeah. um, which is, I mean, I'm sure we'll find a way to, to put it together, but it's, we're kind of taking our time. And also like the, pra- the, the pragmatist in me is like, why the fuck would I want to put out an album when I don't know what music looks like in the next year? Like mm-hmm. we already lost one album to a cycle that's like non-existent i don't want to put out another album until we're sure that we can like maximize what it's supposed to be like uh i've had so many people who we work with and who are in the industry talk to me and like we'll grab coffee and they'll be like yeah you know one of the things that bummed us out the most is like you guys were on track and we're just supposed to get like just supposed to blow up which whether they're being nice or not, I'm just like, that's not like, that's not a consolation to me. <laughs> Cause like, 
Mm. We didn't get to do shit. Uh, and the response has been great and we're not like ungrateful for it, but we played three shows last month, um, including the Chicago show. Mm-hmm. And like just in those three shows, um, like we try to be very transparent about this. In those three shows, we all earned like a month's wages. Uh, so we were like, cool. That could have been our entire lives last year. We could have like mm-hmm. been the band. Like that could have been our thing instead of all having to have jobs and the band and the other stuff, which we'd been trying to escape for so mm-hmm. long. Um, so it was, you know, a real, this sounds very self-pitying, but it's just kind of like, uh, whatever. It's like trying not to think about it because it's a, it's a real, it's a real, just not even a slap in the face. It's just like, ah, it is what it is and it sucks. And I mean, everybody's feeling that way. You know what I mean? There's sure. so many bands who like were poised to have a moment last year and they didn't mm-hmm. get their moment. Uh, and like, you know, people have made it through and like people are still having moments, but not probably to the level that they could have. You lost your and, momentum. Like, yeah. You lose your, and like, sure. Everybody lost their momentum, but like some people lost more momentum than others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, when like, when a person who is in like a band that has had huge hits and like makes a lot of money is complaining about uh, not being able to tour. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. You have a big house payment and you have a crew that you have to keep employed. (laughs) Right. And like you have a family, but there are way, way more bands who've lost momentum who like may not survive this entire thing as artists, you know, and not even Mm -hmm. us. Like, thankfully we were big Mm -hmm. enough to like tap into our audience and like, kind of survive in a, in a unique way for us, but there's bands who don't have that opportunity who've just, I've watched like disappear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like nothing. What, are, what would we be doing right now? We can't. And they're like, we're writing, but everybody's writing, but nobody's writing anything good. I don't think. Cause <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know? Right. It's yeah. It's, it's a weird time. Um, I don't know. Well, I try you, not to think about it. <laughs> Uh, you referenced the three shows. Uh, you know, you played Detroit, Chicago, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a conscious decision just to like go out, do three shows, see how it goes, and then sort of regroup and and decide where to go from there? Or was there a reason for just doing three shows? So there was a weird thing that happened um, in June. Well, I guess in April and May, everybody started getting vaccinated. And it looked so promising. Mm-hmm. And then in June, we got offered the Rise Against shows in July, just the three. And they're all outdoor. We're all vaccinated. Everything's looking positive. Let's, let's do it. And like, of course, like two weeks before those shows, everything just starts falling apart again. And Delta's on the rise and people are getting sick and this and that. And we're like, fuck, <laughs> like, this is irresponsible. We don't want to do this. This is, this feels like a bad look. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and we played those shows and it was great and it was safe. And in the process of booking those shows, we got offered to do Summerfest. And so we weren't just going to drive to Milwaukee. You know, that doesn't make sense to drive for one show. That's like a losing right. endeavor. Um, and so we were like, again, before everything was really bad, we we're like, okay, let's do, Detroit because we have a friend who will book it and let's do Chicago because we haven't played Chicago as a headliner in like two years and it'll be a blast and we love Chicago it's like one of our best cities and then again everything was kind of falling apart and so we're like shit and we're like what do we do and thankfully that was when like the day before the announcement 
I was like, Hey, I, t- I texted our manager. I was like, Hey, can we get confirmation on whether we can allow uh, proof of vaccination or a negative test and masks at these shows? Cause I'm going to announce it that way, whether we're allowed to or not. And they were like, <laughs> like scrambling, <laughs> like texting promoters and being like, uh-huh. is this okay? Yep. Cause I was yep. like, I'm not, I'm like, I don't care if we're not allowed to, I'm going to put that out there so that, our, and thankfully, we I think we have a fan base that's respectful of that to begin with. But just in case, I was like, we're just mm-hmm. going to put that into the universe and make it be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And thankfully, both the promoters came back like, yeah, we should do that. Like, no no brainer. Um, and to everybody's credit, like the shows felt safe. Um, it was, yeah, vaccination required or negative test. I don't actually know if anybody took us up on the negative test option. Um Masks are obviously required in Chicago, Detroit, like mm-hmm. maybe half everybody was wearing a mask, which was very promising. Um, and I don't think anybody got sick. Uh, it hasn't been brought to our attention. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the band got sick. Um, so I think it was a success like overall and everybody got to like hang out and be respectful and everybody kind of kept their space. Yeah. Uh, people were kind of, you know, swaying in place as opposed to necessarily rocking mm-hmm. out. Everybody was singing under their masks. Um, I mean, that beat kitchen show was hell because it was so hot in there. Like I almost passed out on stage. It was <laughs> rough, but that was like for different reasons. Uh, but it was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it was, uh, again, I was texting. We're playing fest next month. And um, Dan from the one of yours texted me and was like, Hey, we get to, well, we, have to see, we haven't seen each other in like 20 months. This is going to be amazing. I forgot. I was like, yeah, and I was like, I was because exp- they played one show, and I was like, yeah, I, I've not very many people have played shows recently, and I'm like, I'm going through being happy, and then like conflicted, and then mad, mm-hmm. and then happy again. It's just like a rush of uh, of a ton of emotions in like a very short time. It's very, it's very interesting uh, i never thought i'd be mad about playing sh- it's like mad about the shows we've missed out on uh which is again mm-hmm. such a dumb a dumb emotion to have because like it's already it's happened it's in the past like well, who the who the hell cares you're not getting them back um but you know just a, a, a interesting thing and also like the the fear of like not only us getting sick but somebody else getting sick was very sure. real and it's very uncomfortable and we've been very vocal about that and uh, probably from the outside, probably shouldn't have played a show, but I think, I think it was handled well. Uh, and unfortunately, like I'm allowed to change my mind, but you know, I was complaining about bands playing shows and we probably shouldn't have been playing a show, but now it looks like this is the reality going forward, that this is just how shows are going to be, um, which sucks. And I wish they weren't, but also, uh nobody's gonna pay our rent <laughs> right and so what do you want us to do like everybody wants music they want live music and they want recorded music and like people consume music mindlessly throughout the day but and not the like this not this isn't necessarily an individual responsibility but it's like a broader societal responsibility nobody wants to take care of the people who are providing that you know, and it goes back to like streaming, streaming royalties or like, you know, government grants and like venues not being able to get their money and all, you know, there's like a whole mess of things involved in it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh man, we're applauding these, these bigger bands for 
for canceling their fall tours or moving them outside. And it's like, (laughs) of course they can do that. Like if you want, like we can't. So it's uh, not we, but like a a broader we, like there's a, there's a class of bands who can't do that. And who also can't survive unless they're touring because of the way that we've built up this system of not uh, valuing artists. So it's uh, it's a very complicated time and I'm sure I'll change my mind eight different times about whether or not we should be doing it or whether we should all go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's great that Phoebe Bridgers can decide she's only going to play outdoor shows, but you <laughs> yeah. know, your job is to convince a ton of people to pack themselves in a small club and listen yeah. to your music. So I guess we should just write more popular music, isn't it? <laughs> I suppose. Uh, indeed. I should cover no, more Phoebe songs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the, the Chicago show was great. I mean, fortunately, you were playing some cities that, that you know, number one, a ton of people are vaccinated already. And number two, yeah. are, are, you know, are more understanding of the situation. I mean, the, all, yeah. all of the clubs in Chicago, the independent music venues are doing a great job of, yeah. you know, requiring mm-hmm. vaccinations or at, at the very least proof. Um, and that show at the beat kitchen, although super hot, um, <laughs> I, you know, w- when I turn around, I didn't see anybody that wasn't wearing a mask and it was no. amazing. So that, I was like, so it was so heartwarming to see yeah. a bunch of people sweating right. under their masks yeah. and not, and refusing to take them off. Right. Of, like say out of the consideration for their fellow attendees, which exactly. to me is like, that's the whole reason our band exists Yeah, is for like moments like that, yeah. um, that, that bridge that empathy and like go beyond, sure. uh, Yes, being like a self. It's the same reason that I don't like stage diving at our shows or any like really aggressive form of of moshing or anything. Like, it's about consideration of the people around you. Um, and so, yeah, it was like to me, I was like, oh, they get it. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, um, that, that that audience was a re- reflection of Spanish love songs. Yeah, we we I, we were definitely proud that night. Um, yep. And Detroit too, even though you know Detroit different vibes. Not everybody's wearing a mask, but like a good amount of people were, and, mm-hmm. and people were extremely respectful of space. So that's all I can ask for. I understand that it's a burden to wear a sh- to wear a mask indoors during what's probably a hot room. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't like it either, but we should all be doing it. Um, and it just is what it is. It's like either that or like we don't play. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. Uh, but yeah, we were very lucky to play in those cities. We got offered a tour on very short notice to do a lot of Southeastern cities, um, in some big rooms, but they were indoors and we were like, Mm -hmm. Nope. It's just, even on like a lot of bands or a lot of friends we have that are, that are touring right now, there's like COVID precautions. And when you're in certain cities, don't go out, like don't go do stuff. Don't interact with people. And it's like, it sucks that it's going to become a kind of regionalized uh, pandemic in a sense. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is, I suppose. Well, s- speaking of regions, this is a Chicago podcast. And earlier <laughs> yeah. you mentioned how, you know, Chicago has been a very supportive city for you. So, so, you know, w- what are some of the, the things you love about coming to Chicago for? What are some of the venues you love playing and so on? 
I think the thing for us with Chicago, other than the fact that everybody thinks we're from there, um, <laughs> like sonically, people are like, oh, you're like a Midwestern emo band. Uh-huh. Like, I'm from California. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- if there's one group, like I said, we were not pop punk enough for this, it, like the only group we've o- almost maybe been accepted to is Midwest emo, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could totally see it. Yeah, I, I I think we just carry a very big Midwestern energy about us. Um, but ever since our first show there in 2018, like we were largely a West Coast band off the first album, and then we put out Schmaltz, and we're like, okay, we got to start like trying this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put our first show in Chicago in the spring of 2018 at Sub T, the downstairs room, mm-hmm. and it sold out. And we were just like, what? (laughs) Um, And that was just like the first of many times that we've come through and just been treated uh, with a great amount of respect and a great amount of kindness. And we have a ton of friends there, which I think helps. And, uh, and people we've become friends with because of passing through. And it's just a, it's a great, it's a great place to play. Uh, And the, the team that usually books our shows there uh, kickstand productions um, they usually are the promoters on the shows are super kind and they work uh, incredibly hard to make sure that like good small shows actually happen. My computer just went to sleep. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, my, my screensaver turned on. That's not supposed mm-hmm. to happen. Um, and so, yeah, we, we always have fun there. And, uh, despite, I don't think it's an easy city to tour through, not like from a logistics perspective, it's incredibly difficult. Um, <laughs> We've never really had an issue, but uh, this the show at Beat Kitchen was when Burger Fest was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And we the venue did not think it was happening when they booked it, and then it's happening. And so we had to like park our van like four blocks away, and it was a whole like it was a very bitter afternoon, of us, <laughs> like being very mad. Um, and we're like, "Aren't you fucking glad to be back touring?" Like, whereas we're like pushing amps three blocks. Uh-huh. Like, this is the best. Uh, but other than that, like we've never really had any issues. Um, yeah, it's just a great, I think the scene there is great. The community is just a wonderful group. And uh, yeah, I, I, we, you know, I, we've almost, we've joked about moving there before. So I, I think it just, it's a place that just feels like a, like a natural kind of home for us. I say, come on down. We'd love to have you. It was on the list after that derecho. It was like, we can go to Nashville, we can go to Philly <laughs> or we can go to Chicago. My problem is like, I you don't want that cold the, the winter it's not even the cold I hate the there winter in general yeah. in Chicago uh the winter yeah I being from Southern California doing a winter in Iowa uh it was the worst like I could be fine with it but um it's not great mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so you know uh like here in Nashville we get snow like one week a year so I can live with that it's like fun right uh but you know I I also have this tendency to not want to live anywhere permanently um there's been many days during the pandemic where i've looked at jobs in like amsterdam or berlin uh, and just like disappear completely and go live a different life um that's always very appealing to me so uh go to spain yeah go to spain Fulfill your destiny actually sing songs um <laughs> no yeah it's it, it's a tough time to be I mean, it's a tough time to be anybody, but like, especially somebody who like, I think being in a band is the greatest job I've ever had. And I'm so incredibly lucky, 
even being in a small band to like tour the world and see my friends. And like, I try to explain, like, even when I'm pushing my amp that three blocks in Chicago, like I'm still technically having fun because mm-hmm. it's, it's just experience after experience. And so it's like an interesting time to be kind of shut down from that. Cause I'm just incredibly restless uh, and I get very bored very easily. And now I'm like work, I work a nine to five again. Um, I work like the most nine to five I've ever worked because I was in Hollywood before this. So it was like, I was on movies and then coming off and I'd be on unemployment for eight months and then like get on a movie, get on a TV show. Um, so like I'm working like the most nine to five I've worked since college. I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't do this. This is rough. Um, you need to go back on tour. I got to get out of here. Uh, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's tough for everybody. And I'm very grateful to even have a job. Uh, it could be worse. Um, and I have a job that like lets me work from home, so I, I can't complain. Uh, I will complain, but I shouldn't. I <laughs> yeah. uh, so being uh, a fan of Chicago, um, we have some Chicago-based questions to ask you. Oh, hell yeah. Let's see how uh, bad it is. <clears throat> you know, I think you're going to do great. Uh, the first one is, uh, we like to ask everybody this question, deep dish or thin crust? Like... Chicago style deep dish versus Chicago style thin crust. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like them both for different reasons. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with it. I haven't, I've only been to Chicago through touring and uh, I'm vegan most of the time. Um, so I don't, there's, there's been one tour where I was eating dairy. Uh, I'm incredibly lactose intolerant. So mm-hmm. that's also part of it. Uh, but we went, it's the only, it's the only Chicago experience I have actually with pizza is we went to Lou Malnati's and we had a deep dish and we had a thin crust, uh, and they both were excellent. Um, so can I just say both? I'm sure I, I just sure. love pizza. I love pizza. Um, if you're going like outside of Chicago in the grand scheme of things, I'm definitely on the thinner side. I consider a deep dish to be a separate entity of like, mm-hmm. uh, some weird pizza casserole thing right. that I have to like dig into, but I love it. Um, also, can I just give the secret answer of like Stromboli? Is that a, is that a oh, fair answer? We'll take it. Yeah, we'll take okay, it. Cool. Cool. Uh, when you think of Chicago or the Chicago music scene, uh, what do you think of? Ooh, well, that applies to a few different areas. I definitely think of like all of our friends and bands, um, and I think of just playing great shows. Uh, my, my interaction with Chicago music scene is all very DIY and underground, um, mm-hmm. underground. What a dumb word DIY. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think, you know, I think about our friends in like Callie Massey or typesetter or, you know, even like, um, the intuit over it crew or the pet symmetry crew, all the, all those mm-hmm. peeps, um, but that's about like, it's very superficial. It's like, do we know people in Chicago doing stuff? Mm-hmm. That's, that's my thought process or like, do we have a cool show in Chicago? Um, but nothing like very, it's all very superficial. Not really anything beyond that. That's okay. Or in Chicago music exchange. We'll say that that also pops <laughs> into my head. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite venue you've played in Chicago? I know they're all good. Do you have one that like stands out? I think sub T upstairs is probably the most fun we've had. We've also done Cobra, which was the food was good and the show was great, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I remember the food being particularly cool good. Um, Beat kitchen is very cool, but 
like they got to do something with the airflow in there. It's yes. We, we got on stage and there's like a fan above the stage. Yes. Like, oh, we were so excited. And the, and the sound guy was like, it doesn't work. And we're like, fucking fix it. Like, it's not. Nice. Yes. Don't just shrug and be like, it uh-huh. doesn't work. Like that, that means it hasn't worked for years and you guys have willingly, but like any show where there's condensation on the wall, like, I'm just like, we got to do something about this. This isn't it's not a good time. And I imagine it's probably just as hot in there in the winter time. It is. Because they're probably blasting <laughs> the heat. Right, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's probably hell all year round in there. Um, <laughs> they're trying yeah, to create I, a, a uniform experience. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's rough. I think sub T for me has the most memories and the most fun associated with it. And also it's just that little stretch right there. Of like, I, <laughs> it's so lame, but like, I know there's a bank I can go deposit like tour cash into sure. and there's like a ramen place I can get some mm-hmm. vegan ramen at. And then there's a Walgreens or a CVS across the street where I can mm-hmm. like buy a 20 ounce Coke and pour whiskey into it and walk around <laughs> and like hang out. <laughs> that's but, the secret I mean, to touring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the secret. Um, <laughs> well, it's the secret to early touring when like you don't get your writer. Um, and even now we like, there's still shows where we don't get it. So it's like, if we're not getting free alcohol, I try not to drink on tour anymore anyways, um, just for like health and voice reasons. But mm-hmm. uh, that was like definitely a move early on would be like, okay, well, we bought that bottle of whiskey three days ago and we'll just fill it up every night and walk around. Cause it's like, <laughs> Oh, your, your, your hospitality for the night is two PBRs each. And they're like, Oh, cool. You guys right. really help really hooking us up. <laughs> um, was it fun to go down those spiral stairs at uh sub T I've always been like, I think that's so funny to see the band come down those steps. Yeah, that was, I thought I was going to fall for sure. <laughs> um, that was definitely a weird, I forgot about those. There's a, yeah, I'm not good on spiral staircases because I'm tall. So mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> right. I'm always about to hit what's coming next. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fine. I, I, I mean, I hope we play there again at some point. I don't know if we will anytime soon, but um. This is an awesome tangent, but I saw Jay Maskus play there. It was a real honor to see that man descend those stairs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's insane. That's just a great, that's a cool venue to see him at. That's, that's yeah. Then he just sat on a folding chair and just shredded for like an hour and a half. <laughs> sat on a chair. That's a power move. I know. I was like, all right, I don't know what I was expecting, but that's, <laughs> right. that's like on brand for him. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned pet symmetry into it over it. Do you have like a, a Chicago band that's like, this is my ride or die, or like what are Chicago bands that you like? Oh, I don't know. I don't really I don't think I have any any ride or dies. Uh I guess if I was to pick like the first sh- Chicago band I was aware of is from Chicago, it'd be Alkaline Trio. Um mm-hmm. I feel like they made it out to California when I was very young. Um no, not really any writer. We just have like, I'd say the two that come up the most with us is just Cali Massey and Typesetter, just because we've toured with them and they're and they're all buds. Um, mm-hmm. It's always great to see everybody. Um, but yeah, no, no real writer dies. Uh, trying to think of anybody who would be like Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in high school, my writer die Chicago band might have been Fallout Boy. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. I was young I enough. Love boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, those first few albums were great when you were young and in a small room, like 
doing yeah the thing, no i think they the still hold up thing. i mean they like just write really well-crafted pop songs right i've got some i've got some issues with the with modern imagine oh. dragons fallout boy but yeah uh, you know i'm not interested in them but give me everything pre like uh the break they took yeah uh, no it was, i mean they played interesting music and it was good um that might have been yeah that might have been the chicago band on my radar uh who else was from chicago that was now you got me digging back to my i was hoping you were gonna say like you're this midwestern emo guy yeah they're from here i was hoping you're gonna be like i love american football Uh, american football i mean i always forget they're from chicago uh i fun fact or not fun fact but like i'm more partial to owen rather than american football owen um but he lives right by the the kitchen Oh really? To, yeah, to be the, a creep, but yeah, he the lives last few American football albums have been great. Actually, it's something I got mm-hmm. into during Absolutely. the pandemic. Uh, my friend, my friend was like, "Hey man, you gotta, you gotta listen to these new American football albums." And I was like, "Do I?" Because like, do I care? <laughs> and I put them on. I was like, "Oh, this is really good." Uh-huh. I do care. Yeah, I do care. The third one uh, I think is yeah. like a really good like winter album. Like I don't think I would ever listen to that. Be like, oh, it's like ninety five degrees outside. Let me yeah. throw this bad boy on. I mean, it's interesting too because the new ones are so well done that I go back and listen to the first one, and I'm like, "This sounds like shit. I don't want to listen to this." Like, <laughs> well, I think that's how they. I'm feel. very. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm very much like the type of person who's like a band's best album is probably the album they've most recently put out because it's the one that like I can engage with directly and have an experience with versus holding on to some memory of an experience that mm-hmm. I had ten mm-hmm. years ago. Like, I don't care. I hate reunion or not reunion like reunion tours or like anniversary tours. I I get why they exist and it's fun to like revisit some stuff, but also give me what you're doing now. And if what you're doing now is interesting, I'm I'll stay on the train. And if mm-hmm. it's not, then I'm probably going to get off the train, but it doesn't mean you've like, I don't know. I, I like bands that continue to put out new stuff right? Um, rather than so like rest on what they've done. So you're saying in four years, we shouldn't be expecting a giant sings the blues tour. Jesus Christ. No. Um, <laughs> first off, like nobody knows that album. That's fine. Like uh-huh. nobody really enjoys that album. That's fine. Uh, we put it out with like no press and no label and no PR or anything. It was a very dumb thing to do. Uh, I don't even count it as an album of ours anymore. Like I really wish it would just disappear. Um, hey, it's on Spotify. It's on Spotify. There's two versions on Spotify. It very clearly exists, but to me, it's like the album that, doesn't need to be i don't know every not every band but a lot of bands that i enjoy have like the not great first album Mm -hmm. Um, before they figure it out yeah uh and i you know i stand by some of it and it was fun and interesting it would have been better if i was 19 but at Mm -hmm. like 26 25 26 writing that album i was like yeah you know need i needed to grow up quick well, you you made up for it on the second one, so <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is like everybody like and to a lot of people, Schmaltz is our first album because it's mm-hmm. the first time they ever heard of us. So I'm right. like, yeah, let that be the first one because even now I listen to that and I'm like, uh, I need to grow up. <laughs> that would have been a great like 24 year old album, right? But uh, I'm just I, I joke and say I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> I love that. Um, so what's uh, what have you been listening to lately? Anything good? Oh, Besides your own up. stuff, excuse me. <laughs> Just only listen in my own band. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to get those dollars see. from Spotify somehow, right? Uh, yeah, I wish. Um, let's see. What's up? Uh, speaking of Chicago shows, uh, our buds and you, me, and everyone we know put out an album recently. 
Um, yeah. That's really mm-hmm. good. I do a feature on it. Uh, that's fun. Uh, they're playing soon at Bottom Lounge, I think. Um, we're doing a record release show, actually, which is cool. Let's see. What's been on the playlist? The new Churches album has been on the playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, new Big Red Machine album, which is really good. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, been in a real big The War on Drugs kick. Um, I, I live there. That's like my default setting. Yeah, that new single they put out is fucking incredible. And yeah, yeah talk about really a good. band with like a blueprint for aging gracefully. Um, <laughs> you can't age That's gracefully another, playing pop. <clears throat> punk, <throat> you know what I mean? Right. For other late bloomers, like he's Adam Grindeseal. He's like 42, 43. Yeah, that, like he's my hero for that very reason. As uh-huh. like an older musician, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, it, it is possible. Um, let's see. There's a British band that Ruben sent me called Tenfe. Ten V, Ten V, uh, really heard. cool, uh, very good, kind of like uh, synth rock, like laid back. I don't know how to describe it. It's just good. Um, I listened to the new Third Eye Blind album today. It was kind of weird. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm a big Third Eye Blind fan, but like, it was it was odd. Don't they only have uh, one album? <laughs> no, they have so many good ones. <laughs> uh what else i i mean i don't listen to a lot of music probably to a fault um i got into taylor swift recently but like the new stuff so that's been fun because i because i heard that big red machine song and i was like oh wait she's doing some interesting shit lately uh so that's been an interesting thing to dive into uh listen to a lot of pop music actually sturgill Um, simpson um speaking of like a bunch of shit Fans are coming through Chicago. Are you a uh, are you a fan of Wild Pink? You listen to that new album? I did listen to it. That's a great album. That's a good. Yeah. That's a gr- it's a good album. Both of their albums are great. Um, mm-hmm. Very interesting stuff happening on them. Um, a band that probably should be bigger. Like I, nobody that I know listens to them, and I'm like, what are you doing? It's so it's so good. Um, but yeah, that album was a lot of fun, and uh, definitely in like a very chill like i don't even know how to describe it yeah i like it sounds the way i want to describe it or like what we enjoy playing when we're in a room together is like respectful rock which sounds so bad (laughs) i just want to like plug in and like groove a little bit swell on the synth maybe make some weird fun noises like you know I think they call that like Heartland Rock right now. Heart, yeah, which is so, like what is the, the fucking Heartland? Yeah. Like that's uh, it's so to me that's condescending because it's implying some kind of like Midwestern pastoralism and like this idealized <laughs> uh, world that exists in these. They're tired of those small, coasts getting all the attention. <laughs> yeah, They're trying to claim elites. something for themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We, I mean, we live in Nashville now, so we're a cow. We're a cowboy band. It's been decided. So. Hell yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to seeing you with uh, those cowboy hats on on the next tour. It'd be so good. Uh, <laughs> we could, I mean, we could do that. We could go like a killers era, Samstown or Samson era yeah. killers, uh, you yeah. know, cowboy hats and mustaches. And uh, <laughs> that's an energy for sure. We could definitely That's some more that. respectful rock right there. I mean, I love the killers. I've been listening to their new album a lot. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I absolutely love the killers. Maybe like an all time band for me, which it, they get a lot of shit because I guess like they're not cool, but they're so good. Um, um, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but there's that book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is like, mm-hmm. do you know that book? Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've, I've uh, heard lots about it. 
Yeah, they have a, a whole part about them in there. For those who don't know, it's a book like a basically an oral history of New York music scene from like let's say 1998 until like 2010. And they have a part on the Killers there, and they're like the Killers have like vastly outsold the Strokes and are like a much more significant band in like the public consciousness. Yeah. But like they don't get the credit because they were ambitious, whereas they're like they put it out there like we want to be big whereas these other bands yeah. were like too cool for school but yeah they're, yeah they're definitely quality i have a problem with that attitude like yeah you should want to be big otherwise what's the point i don't mm-hmm. that's I what you said in that quote yeah i get very competitive i mean i grew up playing uh baseball and uh i whether for better or worse frame everything in the in the lens of like somebody's going to succeed and somebody's not um <laughs> i don't know i i have yeah i why do this if you don't want to be as big as you can possibly be Uh, and i there's valid answers to that but i don't process them properly i'm like no that doesn't make sense to me people are like well they're just happy playing music and doing their thing and i'm like yeah but like i get mad when i don't get to do how do i frame this if i don't get to do what i want to do (laughs) i'm a child and i'm just like well that sucks so like if i'm being in a band and it's great then i want to do that forever full time and let it be my life and that's just the way i'm coded and like obviously i know some people don't need that but i definitely do and i definitely want to be as big as we can be and mean as much to as many people as possible because that's cool and uh i don't know music's communal and it's like a people act yeah i i have a hard time when people act like it's very self-indulgent or egotistical like when I say shit like that, but it's like, excuse me, you put a song out into the public. Like that is the most self-involved thing you could possibly do to think that anybody wants to hear mm-hmm. like that. Writing a song is deeply personal. Releasing that song or like shaping it for public consumption is a whole other thing. That's like wrapped up in a lot of other stuff. And so if I'm going through the trouble of taking this personal thing, that'll never be perfect or as perfect as what it is in my head or internally. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm presenting this flawed thing for the public. I'm doing that for some reason. And like, I might as well embrace that reason and want to be huge. Um, you know, yeah, I think I, that makes a ton of sense. I, I respect like to get paid. Yeah, I'd like to get paid to do my career. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it also, it also makes it much more impactful when you describe a band as nobody I know listens to them. <laughs> it it hurts i feel bad there's like there's this we i had an argument with somebody about this the other day actually about like bands bands and like you know bands who are just fine being content like doing their thing and like doesn't matter if everybody loves them or not and they're just gonna do their thing and then maybe they'll go away and i'm i just like yeah it's obviously it's totally fine and like i understand that that attitude exists, but I don't exist in that mm-hmm. paradigm. Like, I don't know. I'm a yeah. flawed person. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my favorite part about the, my favorite excerpt from that book though, is where they talk about, uh, and it just makes me sad that I wasn't in New York in the early late nineties, early two thousands. just like James Murphy discovering ecstasy in his mid thirties and it changing yeah, his life yeah. and like starting an LCD sound system. Like, that's a cool way to get into a band, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me that. Don't yeah. give me the strokes. Give me LCD. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, we're going to wind down. I'm going to ask you our last question. For sure. Um, so you're talking about making a, a very cheap drink 
on tour, uh, you know, the whiskey, <laughs> whiskey cokes, and being blessed to receive two PBRs. So we like yes. to ask everybody what their favorite cheap drink or beverage is. So like you oh, may God. have seen me sipping away on it, but I'm drinking a Yingling right now. Perfect. Uh, favorite cheap. I think just like a, a whiskey and Coke, like an Evan Williams. Evan Williams is a big one uh, on tour and a Canadian club because you can uh-huh. get cheap and they're good and they pour well into a Coke zero bottle. That's, that's our energy. Sweet. Uh, yeah. And even to this day, like our, our writer, when we do get it, it's like, it explicitly labels that like uh, lower to mid shelf whiskey. <laughs> like we're very awesome. specific about like, don't spend money on anything mm-hmm. else. Cause it's going to get mixed in with a soda um, because like, no, well, maybe not like, I don't know. I don't like to just chug whiskey backstage. I, I had such a hard time at the beat kitchen show because I never like hadn't, I hadn't drank before we played in a very long time. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to have uh, this, this Jameson that they got us. And I couldn't even get like a, Oh no, it wasn't even that. I tried to get it. I tried to get a whiskey Coke, like from the bar. And for some reason, the bartender just wouldn't serve me. Uh, I think you were sitting right there at the time and I was just like, uh-huh. losing my shit. Cause yeah. like, I, I waited in line and they kept picking people who weren't waiting in line from other sides of the bar. And I'm like, I'm at the fucking center of the bar <laughs> waiting to be served. I also have to like get up on stage. Right. So all we had was like some Jameson and I don't know, something else that I mixed it into in like a cup and it was bad. And then I got on stage and was like, I shouldn't have done that. Cause now I feel like shit. Um, <laughs> and it was like 800 degrees in there. So. Uh huh. It came it, it it came back to haunt me. Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, once again, I just want to say thank you so much, Dylan, for taking the time yes. to talk to us. Uh, we're all big yeah. Fans, thanks for having me. And mm-hmm. uh, it's been great to sit down and get a chance to to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, and- yeah. it's been great. Uh, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, I have been saying no to so many podcasts recently because it's like all we did for the first half of the, mm-hmm. the last eighteen months. That like now I get requests and I'm like just go away. Like, stop. I don't, I, I can't do another one. This is yes. fun. I, I appreciate, I appreciate being a fun one. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you take care. Have a great yep. night. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks so much for listening today. We are no wristbands. We drink for free. Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and check out our website at noriskbands.com. <laughs>